Everybody's working. With that time, George. Listen, I think for the most part, we got what we were looking for from Chiefs Bucks. We got a little Patrick Mahomes firework action. We got a little Tom Brady throwing a few touchdowns in a couple of picks. We saw some hits. We saw some good defense. We saw 269 yards receiving from Tyreek Hill. We weirdly saw like almost all of those coming in the first quarter. You know, it's been well established on this show that Chiefs only play weird games. And this is kind of just like an extra little kind of funky twist on that. But, you know, I, I feel like... I feel like it lived up to the billing, except for the game was just very, very different from quarter to quarter, and the Chiefs are 10-1. So what do we have to complain about? Nothing. Nobody (laughs) nobody say anything negative on Twitter. Everybody take a breath. Go to sleep tonight knowing the Chiefs are 10-1. I don't even know what day you're listening to this. It doesn't matter. Go to sleep tonight knowing the Chiefs are very good at football. That football game was fun. It was. Gronk beat Dan Sorensen. It's just like old times. <laughs> Dan Sorensen oh. used his head to make an interception happen. Soon after that, boom, they checked all the boxes. It it was it was we were sailing to a comfortable beat down that no one could refute and then, you know, as I do at halftime, I like to get the pulse <laughs> of how fans are how fans are doing, and I guess shout out to Cheese Fly Bacon uh, at Cheese Fly Bacon on Twitter, who was like, you know, Nate, I, I just gotta be real. I mean, he kept it a hundred. Um, you know, he said this game isn't that weird because you know the Chiefs were up <laughs> what felt like a billion, and then yeah. I told him. Don't wake up the weird. And then it got weird, y'all. It got so weird. Tom Brady's throwing picks. Then all of a sudden he's throwing touchdowns. And then it's like, I don't know, nervous energy for the last four minutes of the game. But um, they only play weird games, even when it even when it doesn't look like that, for about 40, 40 of the 60 minutes. And I guess we're just we're, we just have to tell everybody that the Chiefs have entered this weird place where victories are not enough and um, domination is necessary. But I do want to give credit to, to, to a lot of people for this game. Um, most notably, uh, Tyreek Hill is... I mean, we know he's great, but whew, I, I went back and watched every reception, guys. It's a clinic, <laughs> all right? Like, a straight-up... It's a straight-up clinic. And this is odd to say, and I want to get both of y'all's reactions. This might be the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era where the receiver was honestly better than the quarterback today. Like, the quarterback's Ooh. job, as weird as I'm about to say this, was easier because that that guy was just on another... He's on another planet. And, um, yeah, I, I just... Am I wrong in thinking that rewatching the game? Like I've watched it twice, both nice. live. I've rewatched every offensive snap. I mean, he was he was out of control today. You know, the thing with Hill, um, Mahomes commented on this after the game, and I mean, they were talking about it during the broadcast. Like, what are the Buccaneers doing? Like, you can look, you can play <laughs> cover three against the Chiefs. You can. Like the Chargers have done it successfully. But you can't play, like, 
you can't play cover three with your safety like 15 yards off the line of scrimmage and not immediately backpedaling. You know what I mean? Like, unless you you got some mm-hmm. serious pass rush, mm. which the, the Bucks had Mm-mm-mm. in some spots, and in other spots, not so much. I mean, you better be getting there quick. Because Mahomes is even talking about it. He's like, well, we don't really... He's so diplomatic. He's see so that. diplomatic. We, uh, we, we don't usually see a lot of that. <laughs> Which, for Patrick Mahomes, is like him saying, like, what are you guys doing? It was like, you know, the doing. one the one play against the Jets where he audibled. And the, he's like, looks to his left. He's like, is that? It? Okay. Uh, Rolex, guys. Guys, they're not covering tie deep. So Rolex, <laughs> I guess. And that's what it was like. Um, but, yes, some of the throws Mahomes made, some of the deep throws, I mean, they were there, you know. I mean, they, they they were accurate enough, but they weren't, like, incredible throws. Although one of them, that last touchdown, was just uh, a yeah. so Touchdown three was, was so ridiculous. The first, the first two were really good yeah. by Hill. It's just, Hill, I, I, what I said on Twitter, and I've said this before, Tyreek Hill gets the sort of separation mm-hmm. that you don't see at the pro level. Like, he gets it in a way that you just don't see at the pro level. You see it in college all the time. Like, Tavon Austin in college, right? Yep. But that's mm-hmm. the separation that he gets at the pro level. And that first touchdown, I mean, he just ran away from the guy. And it was sad, kind of. You're like, oh, that can't <laughs> feel good. And so, I mean, Hill, it was, I'm glad it was during an afternoon game, at least, even though it wasn't necessarily on national television. Because I really do think every now and then people forget a little bit about Hill, especially because Travis Kelsey is so brilliant and so great. And he was great again tonight. Um, but mm-hmm. it's easy to forget right. that Tyreek Hill is a, is a top three wide receiver. I mean, in terms of, and if you're going to talk like most dangerous, um, it's hard to top him just because the minute you stop playing the Chiefs differently, right? Like Travis Kelsey is a better overall receiver maybe than Tyreek Hill, which is incredibly hard to say, but that's because Travis Kelsey is, you know, freakish, right? But Tyreek Hill alters the way teams play the Chiefs more. And you saw tonight mm-hmm. why that is, right? Because we saw what happened. We've been talking about this all year. I, you know, we've been saying you know, teams play the Chiefs differently. They, 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 they provide more cushion. Or when they press, they've got multiple safeties over the top. Or they're doing, you know what I mean? They're doing all sorts of things. They're just being careful because they know if you do the wrong thing against Tyreek Hill, it's six points. And it just kept happening because <laughs> Tampa Bay went in there and man. You know what? Good on them. They altered their approach, right? That's one thing they did different from Baltimore. Because Baltimore was like, man, we came in here with a plan to blitz, and we're just not going to stop. And Mahomes just carved them up all night. <laughs> we, Tampa Bay quit. We ain't got nothing else, boys. <laughs> this, this is, is all it. we got. There was no plan B. <laughs> so kudos to Tampa Bay. They changed up their stuff. They they started putting multiple guys over the top. They they altered their approach. But by the time they did it, they were down 17. <laughs> and that's... That's just too late. Yeah. And even with the Chiefs kind of sleepwalking their way through a few drives on both sides of the ball, it's still just too late. You can't expect – I mean, the Chiefs aren't – they're not, you know, the, the the Bill O'Brien coached Houston Texans. You're not going to come down mm-hmm. – 17-0, come back against that with the Chiefs is almost impossible with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. It did get very close, though. So I imagine we'll have a little bit of uh, – we'll have a little bit of a conversation or I'm like – 
the fact that it did get within three points, you know. The win I mean, probability never dropped below 75% for the Chiefs in the fourth quarter. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I saw yeah. that chart, and it was like, you know, this isn't how it feels at all. Like, it got closer than it should have. But there's a funny thing that happens mm-hmm. when you're watching a game and you feel like because because we believe in momentum and I believe in momentum to an extent. I, I think it's more real than the numbers show. Right. But it's not as real as our feelings tell us it is. So like when we're watching the game and, and the Bucks have scored 14 points, that that, that next right. touchdown feels inevitable. Right. But the reality is, you know, gambler's fallacy. Well, it, it's not any more or less likely because of what happened the last yeah. drive. And, and I would say, too, you would you would feel it more if Tom Brady got the ball back with a with roughly the same amount of time that Mahomes had against the Raiders, right? Like, give him 140, maybe one timeout. Then, then you would still – then I think momentum would feel very real, like very palpable. And, like, you could see the looks on everybody's faces. Oh, boy, like – you know, guys start thinking in their head, you know, A plus B, like, oh, no, we may, you know, we may lose. Um, but, I mean, were either one of you nervous with 410 left and Mahomes having the football? Essentially, it's extra, especially, I guess is the word, especially after what we had saw, you know, a week ago against the Raiders. I wasn't. Josh, you sound more nervous I, than me. Were you? I wasn't. I was I was slightly nervous for on two levels one is i'm going to go back to a game that um shouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to hurt us anymore but (laughs) i just pulled it up just for kicks espn's win probability for chiefs titans 2019 november 10th 2019 kids was it 95 percent chiefs (laughs) with like with like a minute and a half left um and that that game had a ton of really weird weird things happening yep that that was the that is a only weird games hall of fame yeah. game hall of fame first ballot no question the, i think i just always have a little bit of fear that something weird is going to happen because i'm in a place now you know where like if if the chiefs need a first down or frankly a touchdown or whatever to lock up a game or take the lead or whatever i i generally believe that the chiefs are going to do that because of patrick mahomes i was a little bit worried about how it was going to play out over the last 4 minutes because there have been a couple of times where you know, be it through designed runs or RPOs that go that way, you mm-hmm. know, and this is something that actually, Seth, I think we got to put a pin in at some point because I'd actually love to have a conversation. I almost tweeted you about this, be like, "Hey, here's a podcast idea," but I didn't want to invite anyone else into that <laughs> conversation, so I saved it for this. <laughs> I'd love to have a conversation at some point about how we talk about unsuccessful RPO plays. I think there's a, a whole web of stuff in there. Um, but I was I was a little bit nervous just about how those last four minutes were going to pan out. I also never thought the Chiefs were going to lose this game at any point after uh, the 75-yard touchdown to Hill. At 10-0, I, I, never, I never wavered. Me neither. <laughs> Good podcast. Sometimes I wonder why you and I constantly like have to bicker about things. And then I remember why. It's like, well, because agreeing on stuff makes for crappy podcast. Um but Yeah, I, that's I, true. And we come by it honestly often <laughs> enough. You know, it's not I don't feel like it's first take where we have the meeting and it's like, well, I think Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. And you're like, well, I think Jordan's the greatest of all time. It's like, perfect. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but you know, we spend more time on the things we disagree on because there's more right. to talk about there. Um I agree. I never 
I never had a feeling the Chiefs were going to lose this game. Um, as soon as they started off hot and the defense started off playing well, it, it just basically you, you had yeah. you had some you had some things that were bad, some things that were good. I will say, you know, there was a noticeable. You know, the Buccaneers did a good job adjusting to a lot of the stuff that the Chiefs were doing on defense. And once they started picking up the blitzes, you saw some problems in terms of pressure. One thing that's kind of worth noting is that one of the problems was they kept blitzing. And once your blitzes are being picked up, you're better off not blitzing, right? It's kind of the same thing, you know, we talked about with Mahomes. But I never really had a lot of doubt in my mind. Um, Like you said, you know, with the the Titans game, and I think what ends up happening is we think of the, 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 you know, the the outliers, as it were. Um, sorry, I'm still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we think of the games where where something really weird happened, like you know a blocked field goal, and then a, a a botched field goal, and like all these crazy things that had to happen for the Chiefs to lose, and that's what gets forefront on our minds, not what is most likely to occur. And Mahomes in the last four minutes of the game, like when they got the ball back. My thought was this, and I'm actually, as we speak, people, publishing this article free for everyone on the Chief Chief of the North newsletter, because everyone deserves to read about it. The thought that I had was, okay, there's four minutes left to go. If Andy lets Patrick cook here, and by let him cook, I mean, like, just call, you know, some good plays. Andy's got all kinds of good plays with multiple options for Mahomes. They're going to get this done. Not trick plays, not single option plays. We've talked about that, right? Single read plays. Um, not just run the ball three times and hope that you know it goes well. If he actually just calls it like he does a normal drive, the Chiefs are going to win this game. And there was no doubt in my mind. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. You kind of just can't shoot yourself in the foot in that situation. And that's exactly what Reed did. And that's what I'm writing about right now is Reed kind of went against conventional wisdom there at the very end. Right, mm-hmm. um, because they had multiple downs where it's the kind of down that you would consider it an obvious running down. Especially like if you start with the very first one, and then I'll I don't know, I'll let I'll bounce it off Nate for a bit, or you, Josh, because I'm curious what you think of this. I'm curious, what do you think of passing the ball more instead of running? Um, <laughs> I mean, well, no, because it's like, look, 80 percent of the time they should be throwing the flipping ball. Mahomes almost had 500 yards. Which, by the way, shout out to you, Patrick Mahomes, for taking the hit on that uh, failed completion to McCall Hardman. It, mm. He probably should have caught it. It would have been a terrific catch. It hit. But it hit him. In, it hit him in ten fingers. It. It, it hit him in ten <laughs> fingers. It was. It was, it was that's, a, that's a catch you gotta yeah. make as a pro receiver. The it throw was in a perfect spot. It hit him. It hit him in With, ten fingers. Yeah. The 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 two differences is, um, one, it wasn't in traffic. It'd be right, one thing true. if there were like two defender, two defenders coming towards you and. We have tape of you making a similar catch. That would be the yeah. two-point conversion against the Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers. Catch. Where he... Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, could it be... Could it have been a better pass? Yes. Sure. Could you have also made the reception and fell down and probably still gained another, what, 15, 20 he, yards? That was a probably. touchdown. It was a touchdown. That was so... That was... that was It was a touchdown. I mean, he had it. and, and oh, it just course. yeah. But mm-hmm. you know what? Good on Patrick Mahomes. Just shout out to you for like, man, how'd I miss him? Because Patrick Mahomes knows. I-, I think McCole Hardman is in a crucial place right now, mentally. And I think I think you yes. see the amount of encouragement that his teammates give him. Because he made there was there was on a on a on a third and long. 
he made a probably a tougher catch because he got smacked right as he made it. Yeah. It's not like McCole Hardman. He's made a few really clutch plays this year and some tough catches, some big plays. It's not like he's incapable of these things. But every now and then, he, the man gets in his head or something. So good on Mahomes for saying, you know what? No, 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 guys. This is me. And yes, it should have been a better throw. McCole Hardman also should have caught it. But good on Mahomes. But anyway, what I was just going to say, talking about this whole four-minute drive thing. So they run the ball the first play. I don't think it was an RPO. The more I watch it, it looked like a designed run. They get seven yards, right? That's a plus play. Yes. Conventional wisdom. What do you do on second and three in that situation? With the Bucks, with what you got to plug all the gaps, all the oh, A, B, and C you gaps. are just plug them pounding all. the rock up the middle and just taking advantage of the fact that you had a plus play in the first drive. Andy Reid's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna call a spread offense play with not even a play action, and just give Mahomes the ball. And what does Mahomes do? He picks up the first down. Now, not in a conventional way, yep. but his scrambling is something that is part of the equation every time 100%. he drops back to pass, yep. and so. Hats off to Andy, and and I got more to say on that, like in terms of the rest of the drive. But I was curious what you guys thought. Like, was this was this our let Patrick cook at the end of games moment? I'll defer to Nate here. Go no, get I'm him, gonna Josh. defer to Nate because here's the thing: is I've got a pivot point based on something Andy Reid said afterwards. It's gonna take us from this topic oh, okay. to a slightly different topic that I'm gonna use some of my talking stick time on. So I'm going to you first. Um, this is in the bottom portion of my story on the athletics. So shout out to to both me and Seth having the the same thought. Um, the funny thing for me was this is the reverse of the three previous matches between Brady and Mahomes. Obviously, there is the first matchup where Brady takes the Chiefs all, you know, takes Patriots all the way down the field, leaves no time for Patrick Mahomes. They kick a game-winning field goal. Everybody knows what happens in the AFC Championship game of 2018. Um, they win the coin toss, and we kind of all knew the game was over at that point. Uh Last year, Brady has the ball in the Bashad Breeland play occurs where it's fourth down. You got to make a play. He throws it to the guy he trusts the most, Julian Edelman, and Bashad Breeland makes an incredible play. Um, this time, in four minutes and 10 seconds, y'all, Tom Brady was fidgety. He was like, okay, I'm going to sip some Gatorade. I'm going to act like I'm going to get the football back. Okay, I'm going to talk to the backup quarterback. I don't even know his name. But what plays are you running when we get back out there, boys? All right, where's Byron? Where's Byron Leftwich? All right, I think we should run this, this, and this. They got another first <laughs> All right, cool. Anyway, I think they should run this play, and this play is going to be my second play once we get that first connection right. And then hold up. It's third and seven. All right, let me get up off my bench. Let me take this mask off. I'm a. Completed? It's a first down. The game's over. But I didn't get the ball. Yeah. Is that allowed? Is that? I, like, thought, I, I, I thought I legally I, got the ball. I, I'm Tom Brady. I didn't get the I'm ball back. Evan Brady. <laughs> so, and so it was. It was perfectly played. It's what you've you know Tyreek Hill sort of mentioned that they practice this every Friday because this is the first time we've really seen the four minute offense actually have to be. Uh, implemented into securing a victory this year, in my eyes, um, going back on the, over these 11 games. So I just thought about it from Brady's perspective, where I rewatched every frame that CBS put out there, and he was he was just like, I'm going to get the ball back. I'm going to get the ball back. They kind of know what we're saying. <laughs> like, you, can just see, you can just see his face, like the emotions leave him. Um, and it's, a, it's, it's a great bookend if this is the final battle between Brady and Mahomes the idea that 
Both of these guys are two and two. Perhaps both of them will be multiple Super Bowl winners when it's all said and done. And uh, the way it ended was in the exact opposite, you know, the exact opposite of how it started um, in the three previous matches, where Mahomes is in control and Brady, you know, is just left to just just try to do the thing. Just go through my. I'm just gonna go through my routine. I'm gonna look at the iPad or the tablet. I'm gonna look at these. I'm gonna look at these play calls. And I think we should. I think we should pinpoint Dan Sorensen when we get back <laughs> on this field. With the, they got another first down. They got another <laughs> like it just. So it was it was fun to look at it from that standpoint thematically, um, in the case that the Chiefs were flawless in the four minute offense. There's no penalties, which they had a problem with in the second half. Uh, there were no drop passes. Uh, Blake Bell was not mm-hmm. on the field, and um, Patrick Mahomes did everything necessary to to, to secure the victory. <laughs> Josh, go ahead. So here's here's my little pivot point. And listen, all of the nits we pick off of the Chiefs is gonna be you know finding parts of the Mona Lisa that we don't think are that beautiful, right? Where it's all we're we're, we're we're trying to find. We're looking at the beautiful statue of David, and we're going, you know what? I don't see any pores here. I'm not sure this is that realistic. That's the, that's the the world that we live in and all these things, and also in large part because I don't want to fight with Seth about something that I'm not 100% confident in. I'm not going to like the play calling or anything in the second half because I think you can pinpoint a lot of the places where the Chiefs ran into issues. I mean, Seth, you mentioned the phrase sleepwalking earlier, um, but like you, you get some places where there are some there there are some genuine like execution mistakes, right? Um, a, a couple of they, they end up in a longer sit- down situation where they end up selling for a field goal. There's a lot of pressure that ends up in the strip sack. There's the drop from Hardman. Uh, there's a handful of other ones that I've kind of even like already glossed. Oh, and, the, and then the one where they had a thousand penalties. That accounts for most of the stalling in the second half, and those are legitimate issues. Yep. But if you think that I'm going to sit here and explain to you how the Chiefs can eliminate penalties, you're a damn fool because I don't have the first idea. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you know Nick Allegretti. No, just block Indomic and Sue better. Like no, I'm gonna tell myself to go to hell. I have no idea. Here, here's one thing though. From what you guys just talked about, I really do think. I mean, Reed got asked after the game. In fact, I don't know who asked it. So Nate, if it's your, if you want to take credit, feel free. I can't prove you wrong. But he was asked about that drive at the end, and and he he said, you know, yeah, I learned that I'm not. I don't want to give the ball back to Tom Brady with time. It was like, oh, you know right. what? That's Andy Reid with a little like character development, you know, and that's not that's not rare mm-hmm. for Andy Reid. I don't want to kind of paint it that way, but it's it's it is relatively infrequent where you can say like, ah, oh, this is something that is really kind of playing off what he learned a little bit ago in a, in a similar situation. And so he he put the game in Mahomes' hands and knew, hey, we're not gonna try to give the ball back to to Brady with 90 seconds left. We're gonna be a little riskier and we're gonna try to just end this game with the ball in our hand. That was great. I was all about it. Um, it it for me though. I think it may have even been in the same answer, the same breath. He was he was asked about some of the earlier game situations, and this is something that I do feel very very good about pinpointing as something that did frustrate me. That I think could have made this game feel a whole lot different later in the game. They won. They had the the game in their hands with four minutes left. But there are three things that that. Andy Reid and, and the offense chose to do that I think were flatly wrong in this game that could have made life a little bit easier. They kick a field goal on fourth and goal from inside the one-yard line on the first possession. <sighs> Josh. Tell Andy Reid said he wanted points. 
but he didn't say how many points. Would he have kicked it if it was for one point or two <laughs> points? Did it have to be three? Why well, was three the magic number? Could it have been seven? I would have liked seven. You, you have all the, the funny business down there where you have the trick play that doesn't quite work and you have, you know, Mahomes try to throw just like a, something more standard after that. That's all fine. You have the best offense in football. You can get one yard to turn around for four extra points. And even if you don't get it, now the Bucks have to go 99 yards. They punt it on the next drive anyway. That one is just a, that's just a, yep. a red X on my sheet. The next drive, they they go three plays and nine yards, and they're at their 31-yard line. That's not that's not Tampa's 31-yard line. That's not midfield, but it was fourth and one with all the space in the world. You're not you're not stuffed up in the red zone. You need to get one yard from your 31. That is a place where on fourth and one, you have the best offense in football. You've got to be able to do that. I'm not even going to make a joke about running backs or Clyde getting stuffed on third and one. I'm not even going there. That's how seriously I'm taking this. That was a mistake. You get one, you play differently if you can have four, you know, you're going to have four tries to get 10 yards as long as you get within a yard or two. Right. You go for it there. In the second half, and this is one of the second half drives that did not have to end this way, the Chiefs had fourth and two at the 43. Tommy Townsend punted the ball 32 yards. They picked up 32 yards of field position, and then the Bucks went and scored anyway, starting from their 25 instead of potentially starting from closer to midfield. You have the best offense in football. You've got to be able to get two yards. The play before that, they couldn't get two yards, and they declined the penalty, by the way, which was like the most disrespectful thing Bruce Arians did all day, was say, no, I'd rather give you fourth and two rather than take back the holding and make you play the third down. I was surprised by that, but I was surprised the Chiefs punted there also. Those are three places where the Chiefs unnecessary, unnecessarily cut their offensive time short. They, they didn't maximize those possessions in a way that I have no qualms whatsoever saying, that's a miss, that's a miss, that's a miss. If even two out of three of those things go your way, you can you can you can say that it puts the Bucks in a better situation. Although I don't think in any of those situations it changes the outcome. It's hard to know. I'm not going to predict you know butterfly effects and all that. Uh, but this game could have been either more dominant from the jump, or uh, when those first two drives that I mentioned, or you could have ended up putting this game away 34 to 10 if you're able to extend that drive and go score instead of punting from midfield. Uh, it never feels quite as stressful as it did. Those three instances might be the only three things that I really leave this game with a bit of a sour taste in my mouth for, because uh, it just doesn't have to be that way. And I kind of thought we were past that. The the issue moving forward that needs to be addressed, um, and I'm sure they know it, being to me, Andy Heck, the offensive line coach, Andy Reid, of course. Um, January, to some degree, is getting one or two yards just by running the football. Like, your quarterback can be amazing, and you could also need someone to get one yard. Now, maybe, and it seems like it's trending this way to where maybe that's Darrell Williams or Le'Veon Bell's role, right? Um, but I thought it was, it was you want to have fun. You want to keep the guys engaged. You want to show off all these cool plays. Totally understand that. But when you're second and goal from the one-yard line and Black Pearl doesn't work, where Travis Kelsey hesitates uh, throwing the football to a wide-open Patrick Mahomes. Name. It's the best name of all of their trick plays. It deserves to work. It, it really does. And so when that doesn't work, on third and goal, I honestly, it doesn't matter who the defensive line is. Now, from Patrick Mahomes to 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 Andy Reid, they'll say, well, hey, you know, Buccaneers, man, they got, they got a great defensive line. Um, last I checked, they ate the 85 Bears, okay? So, like, <laughs> just line up. 
<laughs> and get the yard <laughs> if it needs to be Le'Veon Bell instead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire because you want a bigger body moving forward with the pile. Um, that's the issue that I that I want to you know identify and look forward to on these last couple games of the regular season where, hey, man, it might be cold. It might not be in the 50s coming January. You might need to get one yard where the quarterback has to trust his teammates that he can hand the ball off instead of putting so much mental you know, burden on his shoulders. Um, I, that, that is where I really agree with you, Josh. Cause like I'm all for black Pearl and it's a, and it's, there's a reason they did it on second down. I truly believe that looking mm. back at the game, mm. there's a reason they do that on second down because what if you get tackled? Well, like what if Tyreek Hill gets tackled? What if Travis Kelsey mishandles the snap and all of a sudden it's third and goal from like the six or the seven. There's a reason you do it on second down, but I thought, Okay, if it doesn't work, if it's an incompletion or, you know, if Travis Kelsey has to throw the ball away because Patrick Mahomes is covered properly, then you already know, okay, what's the best play I have running the football getting one yard in the red zone that we've worked on, you know, the last two or three weeks. Um, And for them to not do that, I thought was a bit odd. I think if I were to guess, because Reed has been more aggressive on fourth downs this year and last year down the stretch than he had been previously. Mm-hmm. If I were to guess, mm-hmm. I would I would say that he does not like how they look right now trying to get a couple yards. And that's where one of those things where, Josh, you know, a conversation you and I had had about, you know, high leverage situations as being a potential benefit to having a running back, it hasn't worked that way, right? It, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Edwards Hilaire, whose skill set did include those high leverage situations at the pro level, I think there should be a question for as much as he runs with power for a guy his size, you can see a difference in the way that he gets hit versus the way like Le'Veon Bell. And this is Le'Veon Bell who has lost a step um, Mm -hmm. in the way it looks when they get hit in terms of falling forward, right? Like Edwards Hilaire does fall forward fairly frequently, but he's clearly a lighter player. And that mm-hmm. matters in those leverage situations. And I, I would just say that it hasn't helped. And it at least, how about this? It hasn't offset the step back they've taken along the interior. How's that? Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, if you want to try to be as fair as possible to, to Clyde, who at times looks like he's really great at that, but th- their interior line is just not blocking well right now. And the Bucks have a good line. I would say, and I'm not saying he made the right decisions, because you and I have talked about this a lot. I think they should go for it way more than they do because they've got such a great offense. Um, But I do think what Reed saw was in this particular matchup, their short yardage game fails several times and decided like this. So I always try to assume, okay, why would someone who's not an idiot make this decision? Because it's not like Andy Reid is, doesn't have this information available to him, right? right it's not like right. he hasn't been told this. Right. And it's not like Andy Reid's sitting there's like, well, bad gum, this is the way I've always done it. That's not what he's doing. And that's one thing that I think a lot of times we make the mistake of is that we tend to, when we see people not doing something that we think they should be doing, we automatically assume that they're just not doing it because they're just too dumb. Well, that's not what's happening. I would assume. I hope not. Because we've seen Andy Reid change a number of other things. What I'm guessing he's doing is he looks at what's happened in that individual game and that individual matchup, and he's de- and he decides, you know, I really don't like how we're looking in short yardage today, boys. And so these aggregate statistics of what's happened in the last 20 years in the NFL, that means something. 
but my offensive line getting blown the crap up in short yardage, that means more. Now, do I think that means he's right to make the decision that way? Not really, because you can just call it, you know, you can just spread the ball out, have Mahomes run from shotgun and get nutty, right? Like they did at the end of the game. But I would be willing to. I, I think the end of the game is. I think the end of the game is where that logic really struggles, though, Seth, because you you have you have the 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 choice at the end of the game to literally end the game, right? To say, you know what? Let's let's try to actually put this thing on ice. I guess you could say situationally it's different because it's literally the end of the game. But being able to take big steps with less risk, it was riskier to throw the ball with a minute and 15 left on third and seven than to try to to go for it on uh, fourth and one from the 31, or actually, let's say the fourth and two from the, the 30, uh, 43, where it ends up being a 32-yard punt. The, the actual risk there is is relatively minor. The reward option is is tremendous. Based and, on what and, though? You know, just like for, like where are you getting those numbers from? Why is it mean? more or less risky? Be- because of the situation in the game, what they picked up, the option they took was thirty two yards of field uh-huh. position. The the reward option there is that you continue possessing the ball. The the thing you have to accomplish is picking up two yards offensively with a unit that you can say the short yardage game was not good, and that's totally fair. It wasn't. But you have the entire offense to pull from there. Uh, again, earlier in the game, we're talking about a four-point swing. This is... Four-point swings are, are life and death in this sport so frequently, mm-hmm. and you have an option right. to do it by inches. I, I don't care if you have to go find you know your Jacoby Brissett so you can run sneaks. The idea of saying we would rather automatically make the choice here that's going to give them that's going to give us 30 yards of better field position for our defense which ended up being erased in eight plays on the next drive rather than to attempt to get 2 yards to keep the ball and potentially go score and maybe put this game away that's that's an enormous swing i i don't i don't understand why why you would lose confidence on needing to complete literally any pass or, or or pick up two yards in any possible way you'd like, or much more than two yards if you feel like you've got a better shot than Travis Kelsey seven yards downfield. This team still has Travis Kelsey there. The idea that in those three situations where you can totally, you, you, could, you can continue keeping your offense on the field, if you have all this respect for Brady at the end of the game, you can, you can do all of this by just doing the things that you do best. I don't. I don't understand why you wouldn't take that opportunity. Aggregate stats or or individual. I think there's a few assumptions that are inherent in what you're saying. Like you're talking about the thirty, you know, the thirty yard punt. So you you know you're assuming that you know they anticipate that there's going to be a bad punt, and then they're assuming that the defense is going to play very poorly. I, I think there's a number of assumptions that Andy just. No, no. I'm saying. I'm saying. No. I'm saying. Don't. I'm saying. Don't worry about assuming any of that. It's the forty three yard line. Like that, I'm giving you the result yeah, that also happened there, but it's at the, the 43-yard line. Yeah, you're saying, or it's at the one-inch line. Yeah, regardless the, on of the, the from, from the one-inch line, from from the from the the one-foot line, the Bucks punted after that. I'm not saying I don't want to. I don't want to reverse engineer from the outcome backwards because a lot of different things can happen there. I I'm saying that there is, I I, I can hardly fathom of a situation in which kicking a field goal at the goal line. Or punting from the forty-three when you need two How, yards and your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. I guess Mahomes. I would say in terms why, why of the field, in terms of the field the goal decision, if you can't fathom a situation, how many points did they win by? 
Was it three? So and you so, just did but the I'm thing, just, though. No, I'm not doing the <laughs> just thing. But my point is, you're saying you you're the one that you're said you couldn't fathom a situation. Four you said you later. couldn't fathom a situation. I just gave you one. So I, I'm trying to help no. you out. What? You're saying you can't fathom you just, a situation no, no, no. in which you it's just, a better decision. And so the better decision, I did. Yeah, I let it crumble. Let it crumble. I would have rather. I would have rather they went for it. You just said you don't want to assume. Let me agree with you, Josh. Oh my God. I'm saying I agree. I'm so confused. Right. Created a very bad energy on the podcast today. <laughs> I'm Seth. Would you like me to invite you back to finish? No, you're that fine, point? man. I'm, I, no, uh, I agree with you. They should have. They should have gone. You for can it finish. There. It would have been the better decision. And so I don't think we need to waste any more time explaining what he might have possibly been thinking. It's the superior decision to go for it, especially when you have Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Um, I mean, the bromance between you guys is just whew. Yeah, we should agree. We should find more things we agree on. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the, the energy, the vibe right now. Very healthy. I think so. Very think good. So. Yeah, I do too. Who wants to talk about the defense? <laughs> we, made it thir- we made it 37 minutes without talking about the defense. Who wants to do it? Hey, did you did you guys hey a Tuscaloosa fan? Did you did you know that the defense got three three and outs to start the game? <laughs> That don't matter. All right, cool. <laughs> they got two turnovers. All right, cool. I got you. I got you. Tuscaloosa was on. Was was out there tonight for sure. It started really well. It just got everybody got antsy at the end. I get it. It started out pretty good though. Someone else talk there, about it. There was a fair amount of angst on Twitter.com tonight. <laughs> But just so unlike it. I, you know, I, I think if there's any reason why you, you, y'all you watched me just kind of wave the white flag just now, it's because I spent all night arguing with people about stuff where it's not even really about what the ultimate conclusion is. It's about the thought process of getting there. And I just don't know if I have it in me. I, I just didn't have it in me to do another. Yes, this is probably just what they were thinking for the purposes of that even though I don't necessarily agree with it. I just don't have it in me to have another one of those because I have spent, I like I tweeted out something at the end of the game about the Chiefs and I get like 50 replies saying, yeah, but Andy Reid sucks though. Yeah, but you know, if Andy Reid would just let the blah, blah, blah. And I just can't do it. And so that's if, so perhaps I've caught some Twitter.com angst where I just like, to me, the, the, the defensive stuff, I think me and Tyron Matthew have just had enough. We, <laughs> which if, if you don't, don't break, don't break, don't break these men. Don't you do this you, to us. We still got games you, in January. If you, if you don't know what that's in reference to, you could probably take a look up on Twitter. Um, Tyron Matthews had enough <laughs> of, of, of certain types hey. of comments. And I, you know what? Hey, hey, Tyron, you didn't, you didn't get cooked today. Um, you got an interception. Hell, you you blissed a couple times that led to another interception. Um, you you, you okay? Yeah. All right, just just let him. Let he him he had it. a let good game. Let, I, know, they not appreciative. They not appreciative. <laughs> I you know I can honestly say this. So um, my my experience on 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 the old Twitter is is a unique one. I try to read every reply to me. I really do. I try, and I, I can't usually, but I try. I can't even fathom what pro players go through. And, I mean, yeah, they make millions, be still my bleeding heart. I mean, I get it. Every job has its ups and its downs. But I, honest to goodness, mm-hmm. can, I get it. 
because I I swear, and again, in case people can't tell, I'm a little crabby tonight anyway. <laughs> and so I I came so close to just during the middle of the game, just being like, I don't know what the point is of analyzing any of this. Because sometimes it feels like 90% of people don't want an actual answer to the questions they're asking. They just want to vent. They just want to be pissed. And they want to talk about how much more they know. And I probably am coming across not great right here. Because it just wears on me eventually where I'll have someone ask me a question and I try to answer it. And the response I get is less than ideal. And it's basically, no, that's stupid. It's like, well, okay, well, I don't know why you asked me then. If you want to know my opinion, don't ask me a question. And I think players have picked up on that a little bit. Because I just, and I understand, you know, game day Twitter is what it is. But midway through a game, I swear you would think the Chiefs were losing by 30 to the Bucks. Based on... Oh, they were, Seth. And some, and some of you just mind. They weren't up 30. Yeah, they weren't okay? up 30. The Buccaneers are... All right, checking SEC standings. Oh, they were... Oh, miss today, okay? And Auburn... And, and I don't even want to talk about the Auburn game. No! Right. I don't even want to talk... Thank goodness we got through Auburn. But oh <laughs> Miss today should have lost my yeah, they should. And I think that's where it, it just... I, honestly... <laughs> I think for for me, just at certain times, because I think it's important to talk about the issues surrounding a team, because the Chiefs aren't perfect. They've got some pretty serious issues with their interior offensive line. Defensively, they've had more coverage breakdowns the last three weeks, uh, or the last three games, than they did the like the last year. And that's concerning. It's also like when I when I got people telling like, man, why can't the Chiefs ever blow anyone out? I'm like. Where were you like four weeks ago? Like th- this is this isn't the right. this isn't college. This, this ain't college, this is, y'all. This, we they're to they're tell playing y'all. The, the the Super Bowl contending in all likelihood Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they're winning by double digits, and people are getting angsty because it gets close at the end. It's like you know what? I get it, man. They definitely could like say like for example the fourth down decision making. Absolutely, you got to be more aggressive. Had Andy Reid not. Put the ball in Mahomes' hands to close out the game. I probably would be a little upset right now. <laughs> you know, he just you know run the ball three times and then punted it back in the hope that you know draining the clock would be sufficient. I think it just becomes one of those things where it becomes wearing that that's the only thing that gets talked about, and so I honestly find myself very sympathetic for uh, for Tyron tonight. Because I think I think that's where it becomes kind of one of those things where it's like, man, multiple wins in a row, things are looking all right. Yeah, and it, and and you gotta and I, and I would say too, Seth. I mean, I'll just list a couple things and then and then I'll ask this of you, Josh. Like, you got a overall better effort from Chris Jones today. Um, I think the true barometer of the Chiefs' defense moving forward is turnovers. It's it's kind of not great, but that's kind of who they are. Um, it's blitzing and turnovers, not to the not to the extremes of the Ravens yet. They ain't got there, y'all. But Chris Jones gave a better effort. The secondary was more productive because now guys now now we have an actual defined role based on what I understood from tonight's game. Like Legereus Need is the tweener guy where he could play inside. 
He's not a true starter. They're still dealing with, you know, Bashad Breeland and Traverius Ward. That seems to be fine based on the way both of those guys play. They need turnovers. They need to perform better in the red zone. They did do that one time today um, and, and forcing the Buccaneers to kick a field goal once they had moved the football deep into their own territory. And then secondly, you know, as long as you don't mention the linebackers, that's a good day for the Chiefs defense. Um, <laughs> you would need better play from Frank Clark. And I know a lot of people have asked me about that. I don't know the answers. We haven't talked to Frank in like a month. Um, so, you know, we're, we're I'll be interested to see, like, again, how he sort of progresses towards the back back end of the season. Juan Thornhill did play today, his usual amount of snaps. So, uh, golf clap to the coaching <laughs> yeah. staff. That just makes it even weirder. It just right. makes, that makes that story even weirder. Well, that might so, have had something to do with Armani like, Watts deciding, like, you know what I'm going to do? Ooh. I'm playing cover two. <laughs> <laughs> but this crossing route's yeah. coming. Oh hey, no! You know what? It head. was third and short. I, it happens, but dang, that was, Charvarius Ward was unhappy. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I just list off a number of positives for the defense today, and things that you can clearly mark as what will be success and failure when you play upper echelon teams, similar to the Buccaneers, when you get to the playoffs in the AFC. Um. I. I know that Tom Brady played his best football in the fourth quarter, but I do think, and I'll ask this of you, Josh, I do think for 45 minutes, that defense played championship football because they confused receivers, they annoyed Tom Brady, they got not a ton of pressure, but enough pressure, and they were they were capable of making the plays when they were available to them. That is really all that I think any Chiefs fan can ask for, Given the construction of this roster, what we know the offense is from a reliability standpoint, as long as they're, you know, fully healthy. And Tom Brady is really, it's, I mean, I, I know I need to say this, y'all. When Tom Brady gets in a rhythm, it is it is clear as day. And it took him 45 <laughs> minutes to get in rhythm. Okay? Yeah. So let's, let's, let's acknowledge the facts. There are two touchdown drives where they had to convert on a fourth down and... He started to recognize the blitz, but it took him 45 minutes. And if that happens on most playoff games in January, the Chiefs will win if they have the a healthy or a healthier collection of talent, you know, i.e., you know, if Mitchell Schwartz come back, guys like that. Like, as long as the Chiefs stay healthy on offense and stay, you know, relatively productive to their, you know, weekly totals, um, they're going to win that game in January, despite how the fourth quarter looks because Tom Brady's a great quarterback hall of fame and it took him 45 minutes to get in rhythm. And as we all know, when you get in that age, sometimes it takes you 45 minutes. To get I feel in like rhythm, this is girl. leading us up to a Roman. Ad. <laughs> it really, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately this ad, this, this episode of times ours doesn't have any sexual performance ads in it. So we're not going to be able to fully land that plane, which might be hey, for the best. Josh, before you jump uh, in and say something undoubtedly awesome about that, no, that's fine. I've I made my I've made my joke about sexual performance. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty did much I jump the rest that? of the episode. So I no 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 I got it. No, I, I'm good. I'm I'm good. That was that's oh, what I'm yeah. here for. I need, so I I'm 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 actually bailing out on you guys momentarily. People to pull. I'm going to pull back the curtain real quick. 
I asked before we started recording if I could bail out a little bit early, and I actually stuck around a little bit longer because I didn't anticipate getting really pissy with Josh midway through the show. It would have been way worse. I was thinking about this for about 10 minutes now. I was thinking, man, it's going to be harder for Seth to make a graceful exit now that he just kind of just kind of went through that whole deal and it's going to sound like he's storming off and is this the last yeah, episode no, of Time Yeah, no, I knew people thinking, wow, wow, Seth got, Seth got irritated. So anyway, I just yeah. want to publicly on Time Zars, oh, I think we all know what, what we're about to hear in the background. <laughs> Josh, you know, you've been my friend for a while now. We've appeared on a lot of shows together on here on ESPN that dozens and dozens of people listen to. Uh, ESPN Kansas ESPN City, Kansas City. Yeah, but it yeah. sounds a lot better yeah. if you say ESPN, Josh. Um, could yeah. you agree with me on one please, freaking please, thing tonight? Yeah, I, I swear that, to God, I'm going to drive down. Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> and I just <clears throat> I just wanted to tell you that, um, you know, sometimes when I, when, when, when I have myself a bit of an irritable day, I take that on the people that I care about the most. And sometimes that's yeah. you. Um, well, listen, Seth, just publicly on Times Ours, I mean, as you said, you know, you said we've been we've been friends for a long time. I would say you're one of my closest uh, colleagues, and uh, I think that's that. All right. <laughs> I was waiting for the backhand, man. I was waiting for it. Oh, I'm, I'm almost... Call. I would say call. I would say call. I would say call. You know what? I would, you know what, Seth? I would, you know, I would say you're one of my closest acquaintances. There it is. Yep. Nope. Now it's becoming... You, one of you my, hear that sound One of my favorite... It's just getting a little sharper. It's like, you know, I don't think he... One of I my don't... favorite... One of my favorite people that I am borderline contractually obligated to One of to my favorite people with whom it wouldn't make sense from a business perspective to cut ties with with that's <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorite people to uh speak to in recorded forms that really does good work for my podcast numbers <laughs> oh whenever you're on gosh. my radio show and uh really gave me a great opportunity by you know working to, to invite me onto this great format yep. um yep, there it, yep. yep. so yep. seth i've i've <laughs> seth i, I seth, seth listen seth i i <laughs> You know what? I Seth, was being I love, like eighty no, percent sincere. Seth, like Seth, Seth, Seth. I Seth. Listen, Nate. 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 Nate I'm gonna talk to you first. Nate. You know I love okay. you, right? I love you. Yeah. Love yeah, you. Good friend. Yeah, it's all good. Seth, I love all the doors you've opened. <laughs> I and I've I've loved opening them. That's sweet. Uh, <laughs> You know what? I think it would surprise the the good people who listen to Times Ours that Josh and I have like literally never argued about anything besides football. Yeah, <laughs> like ever. Yeah, Whenever we talk true. about things that are at the things normal people talk about, we have like these good, deep, like meaningful dialogues where even when we disagree, we're like, yeah, yeah but that's interesting. And <laughs> that's like the worst yeah. we've ever said to each other. <laughs> but then it comes that's to really football. True. My God, we're shouting at each other at 11... 53 at night okay i have to i have to leave andy reed should have gone for it on fourth down and everyone should leave josh alone about that um dm me if you have a problem with andy reed's uh clock management josh i'll take the i'll take the grenades tonight no i don't i don't want you to i just want to i'm gonna read the meanest thing i've ever said to you not about football which was oh that's an interesting way to look (laughs) at it I just found the text. That was the funniest. And then, and then, 
And you thought you got away with it too for a minute. I was like, hey, I really did. what an interesting way of saying that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my yeah. life. Well, I will I will chat with you guys soon. I look forward to our midweek. See you, Seth. <laughs> Boy, I mean, this is going to end up... Listen, you, you thought you had whiplash from the first quarter of the football game and then the, the, the next three quarters. The whiplash everyone's going to get from this episode is going to be really dramatic. Um, what? One well, last thing. You had a really good point that I wanted to talk about. You keep oh, going. Go no, no, no. You, I was going to talk about the defense. Are you, are you still on the yeah, defense? No, or no, okay. no, I'm still on the defense. Let's do it, baby. So you said two things that made me – I want everyone to know there's no edit point in here. This is actually the tran- – this is like the transition we have to make for the show to make sense. Uh, you, you said two things that made me think of, of two other sort of defensive mindsets. One is the whole idea of like – Create a couple turnovers if you can and hold on for three quarters because the fourth quarter, uh, you're going to, you're like, you know, they were just on their heels a little bit. They, they Brady had figured it out a little bit. Um, yep. That's how every defense talks about the Chiefs. I mean, it's just, it's just do what you can for as long as you can. And eventually, even if you're the Niners in the Super Bowl, there are going to be some points and you got to hope that you made some room in the first three quarters because they're now they're now they're playing catch up. Uh, so that I think is interesting, and I think it's actually reasonable. Like the Chiefs' defense needs to be the defense that other teams try to bring to them, and if they do that successfully, they're going to win every game because their offense is very good. The yeah. other thing is right. you, you mentioned that really, if they can if they can create turnovers, it's going to be fine. Yep. Um, I think I think I, I went to the Football Reference pages, and it's honestly not a big enough swing for me to be a hundred percent sure. But I think it's 2016 that I'm thinking of. It, it was a, a Bob Sutton defense, and the Chiefs that year, in 2016, they forced 33 turnovers. Uh, Marcus Peters had six picks and recovered three fumbles. Eric Berry had four picks. Dan Sorensen had three. And I, I think that was the year where they were they were given up all the yards but they had they they just had a number of of well-timed turnovers that they created that just sort of kept that from ever really mattering that that was sort of the the year of bend but don't break yeah and Mm -hmm. it in like look it eventually ended up coming back to bite them because turnovers aren't very consistent uh, they're very hard to consistently create. They're very dependent on your opponent at times. But I think that the Chiefs have a much better offense now, you know, than they did in 2016 or, or whichever years that would be most fitting for. Yeah. I mean, you're you're, you're still talking about um, Tyreek Hill in his, in his very, you know, young form. Uh, Alex Smith, uh, Travis Kelsey had just become a pro bowler, I believe at that, at that year. So yeah, the offense was clearly not what it is now. 2015, um, by the way, also had also, they had, they had 29 turnovers the year before that was way fewer. So 2015, 2016 was kind of those years of, yeah. of get turnovers, give up yards, live like you're dying and play and play. And like, you know, live, please do something in the red zone, get some pressure. Yes. hundred percent. Yes, so, and um, the last thing I would say about the defense, and this is kind of um this is kind of literal, but also in a joking manner. Um Josh, how many fans do you think? How many Chiefs fans? Even even the Tuscaloosa ones, the guys <laughs> that look up and down the roster, even yeah. the women that are like, what college did he go to and could have we could we have taken him in the draft? Like right. of all those people, how many folks who root for the Chiefs on a weekly basis? How many do you think they knew 
who Carlton Davis was before today. I feel like it can't be that many. I feel. Like I didn't gonna, even know who Carlton Davis was before today. Okay? I learned about Carlton Davis this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself that much credit. I didn't know who this man was <laughs> until they started toasting him and then retoasting him and then setting him aflame once again. Did anybody on the Chiefs defense have as bad a day as Carlton Davis, who I will never forget now yeah. because I'm scrolling here? One man, one man gave up 269 yards. <sighs> That's not nice. I mean, he is not. Well, let's be clear. He gave up about 269 <laughs> yards today to Tyreek Hill. Now, I have some questions about the defensive strategy, uh, as Seth and us have alluded to earlier. Um, who was guarding Tyreek Hill on all three touchdown passes, Josh? I imagine it was our guy Carlton. Um, who got jumped balled by Tyreek Hill today? You know, if you, if you would have asked me before the last couple of minutes, I'm not sure I could have told you, but I believe it's my man Carlton. Who who got who got mossed on the double route? I believe that'd be Mr. Davis. And who gave up the last completion of the game? Uh, I think I think Indomitian Sue dropped in the coverage. <laughs> oh no, it's Carlton Davis, wasn't no, it? No, it's Carlton Davis. Oh, damn. So uh, I should have stuck in my gut. The 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 Mendoza line here is what did anybody have a, a Carlton Davis day? Yeah, that's a good point. Because I mean, really, that I mean, those are some of the issues back in in the the years I'm thinking of with the Chiefs defense, where you you'd have a Philip Gaines day and you go like, oh, yeah. well, we're out to do something else this week, I think. And and uh, <laughs> and really, the Chiefs, I don't know, have they had one of the have they had a guy just wear it? For a game this year, I mean, I, there have been, I guess, Dan Sorensen last week, maybe, yeah, and he ends up with a pick, because why wouldn't he? Um, I have a new nickname for Dan Sorensen, should Ooh. we reveal it here? Oh, I would, I'm very excited for this, yeah. Now, look, I have not, I, I'm not, I'm not an originator in this concept, but I really thought about it. Dan Sorensen is, he's trick or treat. I would just say it. He's <laughs> he's Tony Allen, y'all. He's I, Tony Allen. I like that a lot. He's trick or treat, y'all. He out here. He now he's not playing in Tim's. Let's be let's be clear. Oh my god! Can you imagine? <laughs> Who's is there anyone in the league less likely to play in Tim's than Dan Sorensen? <laughs> now look, he not playing in Tim's. Because, you know, Tony, the biggest thing about Tony Allen in the NBA was like, hell, if the league would let me, I would D you up in these Sims right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> but he's trick-or-treat. Like, the whole notion of grit and grind back in the day in Memphis was, um, hey, Tony, we don't want you to shoot the ball because we don't need you to do that. But uh, could you D somebody up? Like, they're, like Tony Allen... There are plays where he guards, like, Steph Curry incredibly well. Like, yeah. he was an incredible defensive player. All-star. Like, legend. Um, And there were also times where because Tony Allen was on the court, he got cooked a couple times. So, <laughs> Dan Sorensen is Tony Allen. He's trick-or-treat. Um, We kind of got a little bit of both today, which makes Absolutely. the nickname work. It's perfect. He, he got, he got, I mean... 
boy, did he get tricked by Gronkowski. Like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, tight ends and Dan Sorensen, a treat that mwah, we can just enjoy from time to time. Also, um, Ronald, Ronald Jones caught himself a soul of, of Dan Sorensen today. Also, that was yeah. hard to watch. Like yeah. we have fun here, but that one was that one hurt for me. My wife said, "Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> man, we're in Kansas City. We're not in. We're not in Tampa." <laughs> but look, he got you know his head did his job. His helmet did his job. He got that. It's hey, that's that's He's... trick or treat, baby. You don't know what's coming. Uh, you She's know this this ain't this ain't you know. Grade school Halloween. Nah, this is adult Halloween. You don't know what's coming out of that bag <laughs> named Daniel Sorensen. I don't I, I thought we might sneak in like a minute of defensive line talk, but I feel like that's where the show I think the show needs to end with it's it's adult Halloween. So yeah, that's probably it. I'm gonna here, I'm gonna sneak this in. They got pressure, they blitzed a lot. We talked they about this last we talked about this last week. The Chiefs are actually up there in terms of, of quarterback pressures. They're also way up there in terms of blitzing. Uh, Frank Clark, I remember him getting to Tom Brady two times, and it cost the Chiefs 30 yards total. Yep. So yep. that was just his day, you know? The first one was ticky-tack. I don't like that call. The second time, he punched Tom Brady in the throat after the ball was out of his hand. I got nothing for that one. That one's a foul. Yeah, of course. And um, the, the the Buccaneers do have a good offensive line. I mean, that mm-hmm. kind of needs to be mentioned. And they mm-hmm. were all healthy today, too, which was yep. a clear difference from when they played the Rams, where it looked like Tom Brady was like, guys, I need like two and a half seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Rams are not giving me two and a half seconds. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they played a true contender today. They won pretty comfortably, even though that doesn't show it on the on the – on the um on the scoreboard and look um prayers to Carlton Davis I it's been I don't try to write about the other team a ton but today like it was the sole purpose like they put you out there on an island and sir don't nobody want to be on that island because it's it, it's it, there's a volcano that like just burst mm-hmm. in the name of Tyreek Hill yeah it's tough out there on that island I got I've I uh I'm going to put Carlton Davis and Kendall Hinton in the same basket today because Kendall Hinton found out he was going to be starting a quarterback in an NFL game the day before it happened. He needs two game checks for what he went through. He really, he needs to get a nice, John Elway needs to write him a nice check and say, hey, we put you in a bad spot and you got, you threw a completion and God bless you for it. You threw two picks, but that's, you know, you, you completed a pass. This game was not your fault. Uh, they those two those two should get just a little extra time for for a, a hard day's work today. <laughs> uh, and so should we because um, of the way that Seth Kaiser bullies us. But he's gone now, so he can't hurt us anymore. That's gonna Ooh. do it for this episode of Times Ours. We'll have another one later in the week. Uh, the Broncos, as just we just mentioned, they had no quarterbacks, so they got throttled today by another team with no quarterbacks. Um, that's not fair, actually, to Jameis Winston. Uh, but um, it is fair to Taysom Hill. That was yes. I'm glad we didn't have to watch that game. So oh. we will we'll we'll talk about the Broncos game in a properly disrespectful way. I also imagine <laughs> there should be some good stuff out of this game that you and Seth will uh, will will mine from the film as we give it an extra look and everything. But I'm pretty sure we've covered our bases here. You can check out Seth's piece at Seth Peeth. We I did it right there. Seth Peeth. I, I, it's over. It's past midnight. I turned into a pumpkin. My tongue turned into a pumpkin. And I said, Seth Peef. You can check out Seth's piece that's already Whoa. up on the Chief of the North newsletter. 
this is just, I talk for too many hours and eventually this happens. Uh, you can check that out now. He looked at the uh, the run at the end of the game. You can see that at mnchiefsfan.substack.com or you can just Venmo me and I'll read it to you out loud because that guy's a meanie. And you can uh, you can see Nate's piece up on The Athletic. It'll be there by the time this podcast is up. So go yep. check that out right now. Um, follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, Nate is at by Nate Taylor. I'm at JB Briscoe. Weirdly, Seth is also at JB Briscoe. I don't. It's crazy, but you can just follow <laughs> both of us at JB Briscoe, I guess, and my burner account uh, at Real MN Chiefs Fan. And that's it. That's the show, Nate. Um, if you'd like to say a, <laughs> a quiet prayer for Carlton Davis or in this show, however you want. <laughs> he got that first catch on Carlton Davis, and he went to the side like nine rounds. I gotta have them all. Nine, nine, baby, nine rounds. Nine rounds, coach. Stop running the ball. Give me nine routes. And they gave them to him for the tune of almost 300 yards.